This is To The Point. A Rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, what's up to the point listeners? It is your boy, Chris Yano, live at Linux Live 2022 in the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. It's actually not a whole lot of love. If Sometimes when I come here, I don't really feel the brotherly love. I don't know if you've ever experienced that before, Ross, but I, I've experienced that. Just go try and uh, drive. Just go try and drive downtown. <laughs> the traffic is brutal. Traffic yeah, is ridiculous. Brutal. I think yeah. I only got like three fingers on the way here, but that was... <laughs> <laughs> only? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. I was coming over from uh, from Jersey, so and they were all, once I crossed the bridge, then I got the fingers, so whatever. Yeah. But hey, listen, we, I'm excited to be here again live. I love podcasting live, and we are actually in the expo um, before everybody comes in, so it's going to be uh, really, it's going to be really easy to hear right now, about 15 minutes or so, it's probably going to get a little bit more difficult. But we have a phenomenal guest on here, so it's worth it. And I'm excited. We just saw each other last week, man. I know. Just saw each other last week, which is cool. Two weeks in a row. Now we're over in your hood ish. Kind of. This, this is my hood. <laughs> Welcome to my hood. Welcome to my hood. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we have Mr. Ross Albert on here. So, owner and president of Arctic Air Conditioning, but you do more than air conditioning. Yep, we do heating, cooling, plumbing, electric, all four services. Air conditioning. Yes. Air conditioning, air heating, condition. yes. plumbing. Yes. <laughs> all the above. <laughs> hey, do you know that uh, funny, funny, a fun fact is from studying all these keywords all these years, because I'm a nerd, internet marketing nerd, I really love when I see air, air regions that have high search volume for plumber, but it's P-L-U-M-M-E-R. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if those are the kind of customers that you want. You ever, you ever no, heard that before? I, P-L-U-M-M-E-R, but also you spell Arctic, A-R-T-I-C, as opposed to A-R-C-T-I-C, the right way of spelling it. So I saw a customer, I saw a business last week that spelt it the name wrong on a shirt. And I'm like, how do you continue to operate <laughs> with your business being spelt wrong all these years? I love it. So dude. yes, it's A-R-C-T-I-C. I've got it correct. Arctic. <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, that really icy era. I get, I get the play. Yeah. I get the play. Yeah. Yes. Well, dude, welcome. I'm Thank happy you. to have you on here. Thank you. Um, now you're actually up in North Jersey though, right? Like you? So central New Jersey, North Jersey, in a town called Old Bridge, New Jersey. Got it. Yep. So, oh, that's where... Um, my gay's business up there. He's, ah, he's in East Brunswick. We're about 15 right. minutes from Got it. Gold Medal Facility and CEO Warrior and all I spent this. some time up there. Yeah, great people. Crazy. They, yeah, great people. Look, you say yeah. great. I'm saying it's crazy. <laughs> crazy people. Well, listen, welcome to the show. Hey, Thank you. Um, I just want to call out to our listeners. Um, you're going to love Ross's story. He's grown a great business, both in retail and the add-on replacement service business. Um, but congrats, man. Like another year. Dave Linux Award winner. Yes. Another year. It's amazing. Since 2010. Yeah. Consecutive no, years. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely honored. It's 12 years in a row. You know, it's, I remember the first time we got Dave Lennox and their district manager calls you and you just got shivers coming down your spine. If just you get to a certain level in your business and your career and you're just so appreciative of the people you have and the relationships you built and I'm super just proud of it. Dude. Consecutive awesome. years. I know. You're doing something I know. right. I know. And it's buying. Yes. You're buying a lot. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big thing. But you're also going to take really good care of your customers and employees, all those things to be able to scale a good business. And you've done that. So um, I know we were talking kind of last week just a little bit about like our journeys, you know, and like we're uh, the same age and just kind of, it's been cool, man, to kind of hear about your successes and like the, like the stuff along the way that everybody goes through. Nobody, some people don't want to talk about, but we all go through it. Um, but also you had the, um, 2018 and 2019, you won the Home Depot, was it Service, service, service provider, provider of the Year, yeah. which is for all, sir, all homes, yes, yeah. which is fantastic. Yeah. So you're doing some things right, man. Yeah, thank you. So listeners, pay attention. Yeah. You might hear some things, you might hear some things that'll work. I mean, it's, it's working for Ross all these years. So I'm excited. What I want to do is I want to kind of open it up with just, you know, like I normally do is just let all the listeners know a little bit of how you got into the trades yep. and then go ahead and just like all the way up to present day, like where is the business at today? And, um, you know, the, the best thing that you can do is kind of hit like Mark. So if you know, like, Hey, you know, in 2008, we added this or like, just some good timelines for a frame of reference that we can understand like the scale of the growth. So, well, thank you for having me on. I really, truly appreciate oh, that. I think your uh, podcast is, is instrumental in our business and it's helped our employees and what you do for us as a business to help build that culture and to kind of see what others are doing. 
completely has helped me. So thank you for having me on, and I really Thanks, appreciate man. Stop it. Stop flirting so, with me. I'm right here. Okay. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. Thank you. So uh, I got to start going back to dad, right? Dad and mom started this business in 1977. It's a family-owned and operated business. We've been around for 45 years. He was a high school math teacher from Staten Island, New York, that needed a job to supplement his income and started this little business. And he worked part-time. He worked two jobs in my entire life. This was something that he said, hey, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a service technician. I'm just going to service my customers. I'm going to take care of my customers. And I don't want to do installation. So I just want to do service. So I'm going to charge $25 to do an estimate to go out to somebody's house because I hated installations that much. So we go around the community, help service the community. He worked for a company for literally over two years in the summer and didn't make anything. Literally had an internship. And finally, my mom said, if you're going to do this, Art Howard, you got to you got to make some money. Were you saying he didn't do installations didn't do at insula- all? At all. Only service. In the beginning, he just wanted in service. So he's, what he, happened if there was, if he needed to change out, did he just sub it out or like, he, he had a partner with, it out? He preferred it out to another larger heating and cooling contractor wow. in the, in the area. You know, he was a service technician. He wasn't really a, at the time it wasn't, it was a small part-time job and he made $5,000 his first year teaching. And he made a couple thousand dollars in the summertime servicing. And he was happy. He was content. And that's my dad. And my, that's part of it. Yeah. That's all part of the deal. Yeah, my dad is Mr. Rogers, and I, and, and he's is uh, my best friend in the world, and he's my biggest mentor, and you know I, I owe this business to him. So in the summertime, I hated this business. Every summer, I quit. I throw back my keys, want to hang out with the girls <laughs> on the beach, and say, you know what, I, I quit. So my late mother-in-law in college, I went to school in GW in Washington, D.C. Uh, my mother said, my mother-in-law said, hey, I think you should give your father's business a try. And I said, why? I hated it every summer. She goes, there's nothing better than a family business. There's nothing better than a family business to bring it to the next generation into what you're doing. And I said, all right, I'll give it a try. So I gave it a try. I quit my job in finance after GW. I went back to work for my dad. And he says, if you quit on me once, you're never coming fit in that door again. And I said, I'll never quit. And it's been 25 years. And uh, my dad and I so we, I started with my dad in 2004. He had me doing sweeping the warehouse. I literally so would just you, sweep the warehouse. Hang on a second. So you, so you were at GW. You graduated in 2004. 2004, and you Four. went right to go work for. Right Got it. Okay. Yeah. So I internship for Morgan Stanley and all these some other finance companies because that, that, that was my that was my dude. Fun fact. Yeah. Anna's dad, my wife's dad, was a vice president of oh investment God. for Morgan Stanley. Oh my God. Yeah, they're, all, they're all That's from great. here. You know, they're, they're from yeah, here. Yeah, they're you know all. It's, it's all here. Um, that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, so, so in 2004, I started with my dad. He had me start really at the bottom and I hated it. I, it was brutal to go to work every day. You might imagine this college kid that's coming into a family business. And I think we had seven employees at the time. Still, they, they grew up with me. They saw me quit every summer. They said, he's not going to make it. There was nothing that he was going to bring to the table. So I swept the warehouse and I put my time and I started installation and I was a helper at install. And being a helper in installation of your father's company is probably one of the worst jobs you could ever have, right? You're in attics, you're in crawl spaces. It's a character builder. And they literally <laughs> just put you through the ringer. At one point, I tipped over a compressor, and what happens when a compressor tips over? Oil spills Oil out. goes. So here comes Hazmat, and Hazmat was coming, and he got to get on the phone and call Hazmat. And I'm freaking out that my dad's going to fire me, and this whole big, long thing. And he goes, dude, I'm just messing with you. It's fine. No, the hazmat's not coming. It's okay. And I'm like, so I'm freaked out about all this. And I said, I go home. I told my wife, I'm like, I don't think I can do this. And she goes, you brought me home back to New Jersey. You pulled me out of Boston because my wife's from Boston. You're doing this. You have no choice, but you're doing this. You're stuck. You're committed. So I went from installation mechanic to installation uh, helper to installation mechanic. It was good. You know, I wasn't probably the best installer that was out there, but that was my trend direction. Then I went to service technician and I love service. I love the way service takes care of the customer. I love what service is about. It taught me to be a better leader. It taught me to be a better salesperson. And then really my true passion after that point in probably 2006, 2007 was residential sales. I did $3.7 million running a business. And my wife says to me, either you hire salespeople or it's time to get divorced. <laughs> so what did I do? Just like every other husband would do, you hire some salespeople. That's right. Uh, so um, business itself in 2007 was doing about, at that time, 11 million. So we started in 2004, we did 1.5 million in revenue. At 2007 that I was doing sales, we did about 7 million in revenue. Um, I started with Home Depot in 2009, so Got I partnered it. with Home Depot in 2009. Okay, so that original jump was organic. Or organic. Yeah, cool. All organic. So yeah. we grew it organically. 
internet, social media, SEO, probably social media at the time, but SEO, pay-per-click, things like that. Um, and then 2009, we partnered with Home Depot. We picked up two stores locally in town. And I said, listen, they wanted me to take on 19 to begin with. We had a really strong brand in our business. I didn't need anything more than two at the time. So we started with two. And then every year we kept adding and adding They wanted layers. you to take 19 out the gate? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So sometimes- what, what, Without so, even like a, because uh, you have to build like you have to build a process around that. You have to build a process. Yeah. You have to build a relationship. At the time, they were trying to be aggressive to come into the market and kind of disband any of the old regime and bring a new regime with new, new fresh blood. And so, they could attach to your brand and you to theirs. Got it. Yeah. So super important for me was understanding that we had a brand. I'm going to show you the process. I'm going to show you what we're capable of doing, and then the sky's the limit. So that was in 2009. Uh, 2009, we started with two stores. Then every year we picked up another, and currently we're sitting at 22 Home Depot stores in the, in, in, in the country. Hey, what did you do that first year with your with those big box retail locations? One million, one million dollars out of the store. Out of those stores. Got it. Oh, those two stores. Okay. Yeah. So it's all about partnership, and we'll, we can talk a little bit later about it. But it's all about partnership and cementing your footprint in the store, and talking and having conversations with store managers and people in the store about what you're different and why you're different and what you're going to do for those customers that they haven't gotten in the past. Huge. Yeah. So you have to like with, um, with the retail, well, one, it's, it's cool when you get asked to be a part of it, but it comes with its challenges too. Like it's, you know, like, uh, maybe don't make as much off the job, but you're also maybe potentially not working as hard to get it in the first place. So there's gotta be some give and take with it too. So the give, yes, but, but the take on it is, I use the analogy. It's like I had a pencil that was sharp and I just put it into the pencil sharpener and I made it sharper. Made it sharper. Right? You know, there's a wheel that's built in Home Depot and maybe I, you know, understand the wheels some better than others, but it's really about taking care of people and giving back customer service and providing best in class experience. And really if that wheel's built for you in any organization, you just take the wheel, you spin it that the rhino way or the Arctic yeah. way and you build your business. Do you get, do you get, um, like any benefit? I'm, I'm trying to think from like a negotiation standpoint when you're now up to what you, I don't know how many stores you said, 19, yeah. 19 stores. Yep. Do you get any extra negotiation power? Like once you start the scales, it's still like, Nope, same as no. none. <laughs> you, you, you get what's called performance punishment, right? So if you do well one year, you have to do well the next oh, year got it. and then you take on more. But you know, the whole point is you can grow within the, retail channel and that's that's the incentive but there is no angle but as you grow and you scale in the program you develop relationships within home depot that allow to kind of build that footprint and build the the shape of what the program looks like and that's the relationships that are formed got it okay so let's let's so so so, so we kind of diverted a little I, bit it was totally my fault i do that i have a habit of that but yeah so sorry keep going so now you're in all these stores but like let's let's keep going so i'm in these stores we're doing about seven million dollars in our business and are you just HVAC at this point? I'm just HVAC. Okay. So we didn't start bringing other services till much, much later, right? So we're still doing heating and cooling. We're building our brand within Home Depot. So as we're growing in Home Depot and picking up a store, I'm picking up our internet advertising, advertising direct mail, all that other campaign at the same time. So I want to build my core business at the same time. We're building our retail business. And I think that's super important. Extremely important. Um, and I think where a lot of people miss that it's just easy to pick up and say, hey, you know, Costco or Home Depot is feeding me all these leads. I don't need any more leads. But in essence, if you want to keep growing and sustainable, those leads will fall off at some point and you have to pick up the organic growth. Yeah. What if COVID happens and that goes away? And, and we were in better shape than we've ever been because we've had this sustainable brand. Right. You had diversity and just and like lead channels, if you will. Like that's, you, I've been preaching that for so long on you can't just be over, you can't be over leveraged. Yep. And, that, and that happened, you know, yep. took, took quite a few. Yep. It's unfortunate. So, all right, let's keep going. So 2009, 2011 happens. We start picking up plumbing in 2013. You know, I had a plumbing plumbing manager that started with me. You know, he's uh, was fresh young out of college. Uh, he was good. He was hungry. He was motivated, but we didn't do that much business. He was more of a technician than anything else. We did, you know, in our first year, we did about a half a million dollars. So he was just somebody that already knew it. You brought him in and like, you decided, well, we'll just start to learn, you know, put him out there learn. You didn't have it perfected when he got there. It was just like the guy came up or the yep. right opportunity. I had, the, I had the opportunity. I partnered with a licensed plumber. We used his license and, and he still operates in the business today, but I had an actual service technician that I knew had some experience and we felt like he was the right model and fit for our business. That lasted for a period of two or three years up until 2018 where I said, listen, I wasn't really making any money in the plumbing. I was either going to squash it or we're going to do something else. In our business and our model's always been, 
I'm going to do things the right one way. It's the right way. Yeah. And I don't want to be good at something. I want to be great at something. So we have been perfected in heating and cooling. If I'm going to bring on plumbing, I need an, a rock star plumbing manager. So in 2019, right before COVID, we brought a plumbing manager in and his first year he did a million and a half dollars with our existing core customer. Nice. Base. So, I mean, like you take our existing core customer base, you start advertising that we're doing it. You bring on seven or eight plumbers and you just crush it. <laughs> And we're projected this year to do four and a half million dollars. <laughs> you know what I love about this is that, you know, like sometimes people overanalyze or overthink things. And, um, you know, what we were just talking about bringing in TJ for our coaching and training is yeah. it's, I wasn't looking to nail it out of the gate. I thought you either win or you learn. Yeah. Um, and so I, we brought him in. He already had skill set, which is why we went that path anyhow. So I believed in him. I could support it. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't afraid for us to learn from what went wrong in the yeah. process of it. Cause we still got a bit out of process for it. It wasn't the coaching and training piece internally. He goes, and, he goes into you know a company and, and can crush it. I have to figure out the process of how to make that work. Correct. You know? Correct. And that's where I was like, okay, that one doesn't work. That doesn't work. Okay. But you learn and then you make, you, you yeah. move on, but at least you did it. Like yeah. you did it. And now it's worth, I, I didn't really want to give up on it. Cause I knew the potential was there with the right partner and the right resources to bring in. And it's the same thing that happened with electrical and electrical happened literally last year, you know, Superstorm stand, Sandy happened, Irene happened, Ida happened. There's so many, so much opportunity for generator in the generators market in our industry oh, yeah. and, and, and just in our region. And I didn't have the right partner. I brought the right partner in and we did a million dollars in the first year in generators. So, so you probably learned a little bit from the plumbing path. Correct. And then said when it came down to electrical, it's like, okay, I learned a little bit. I yeah. have an idea of how to roll this thing out. It's amazing when you build the heating and cooling side and have that SKU just perfected and you take 80,000 customers now who market another SKU. It's, you just, in your brain, just keep figuring, okay, what am I going to do next? What's it look <laughs> neck like next? But it's always, the stepping point for me has always been do things the right way do things in a trustworthy, credible way for the customer so that there's that generational spend. So where do you sit today? Where's the business at today? We are $42 million fantastic, in cooling, man. plumbing, Hell yeah, company. that's fantastic. So I started I from my dad when we did a million in 2004 <laughs> to 42 million in 2021. Dude, good for you. Congratulations. Thank you. It's exciting, man. Thank I you. love it. Like, it was so cool just to talk last week and kind of hear like the whole story because you I don't, you don't know all the, like, I don't know all the things. This is probably my favorite part of, of, in podcasting is just hearing everyone's like stories yeah. and, um, and, but then also kind of talking through it. And, um, I'm, because you know, you know me well enough to know, like I champion everybody. Like yeah. I love hearing these success stories. Um, it's fun. Yeah. I'm happy for you. Thank you. Like that's how Thank this, you. that's how those worlds Thank should you. work, man. But, I'll, but, I'll, but, but I'm blessed <laughs> to have good people, right? At the end of the day, it's, the, it's my people that run the business. We made some really hard changes over the years, but I knew it was going to be a way to perfect the business. And like, those are my struggles, right? How to get the old regime with the new regime and how to get people on my ship to kind of drive that, that boat moving forward. Yeah. So, so then let me ask a couple of questions. So that's a great success story in, really is a short amount of time. It's not been that long in the grand scheme of things too. So that's a lot of great success really. But, um, you know, it's something that always, that I've, that I've experienced is whether we work with the contractor, that's 3 million trying to get the five, five, trying to get the 10, 10, trying to get the 20, you know, the drill. Um, did you hit those like moments where you're like, I mean, when you go from one in 2004 to that big jump, I think you had to 2007, I think it was, uh, there was a pretty decent gap there with no retail at yep. all. Yep. Um, when you were sitting at one, could you really understand how to get to seven at that point? Or was it like, oh, you, like, what were the plateaus? Like, what were these little marks that you hit? Were like, hey, these are the most like monumental years of like, why well, was a three million when I was at five million when I was at, what was that? Like so one to seven, it was just good old work ethic, right? You know, we put in the time, I put in the effort and improve results. About 2013, I had an eye opening moment when I said to my wife, I said, here's my issue. I keep losing employees and every year we were losing six, seven, eight employees. And that's hard. That's hard. Yeah. We, we don't have 200 employees now where I could factor and lose six, seven or eight employees. Maybe at the time we had 40 or 50. So that's like more than 15 to 20% of your workforce, right? And they're losing because of unions and more money and we couldn't afford to pay them. Whatever the case may be, my wife gave me a good hard look and said, you're a people person and you develop relationships and you're good at developing relationships within Home Depot and Lennox and people you meet. You got to spend the time with your employees and make them feel appreciative. So I took that to heart. I didn't really understand what that meant, but I had to get in front of my people. And at any time they had an issue, I was going to be proactive as opposed to reactive to kind of build them into our culture and build and develop this 
100% amazing place to work for. Like we are going to be the best place to work for in New Jersey just by taking care of our people, recognizing our people. Um, I do funny cultural things where we, for a holiday party, we bring in lobster trucks and food trucks and bring in a band. And every Friday, once a Friday a month, we do an MVP where I recognize and highlight employees of the month that go above and beyond. We give them a parking spot, we give them awards, they spin a wheel, they can win a lunch with me. You know, there's two people that actually won a lunch with Ross and never acted <laughs> they on. Never cashed they in. never cashed in. And, but, you know, creating that cultural experience that really we are a family and let people understand what that really means is just truly heartfelt. I thought I saw somebody in a Batman costume. Yo, yeah, there was somebody in the back. So we, we dress up, we have some uh, pajama days. We build, we really build this place as it's an amazing place to work, but it's like coming to your family. You know how many hours a day we spend yeah. with our work family? We got to make sure that people really are recognized because it's not about the dollar anymore. Yeah, people are going to want more money and then just work less, right? But you need to actually work for you now and it's harder and harder than ever, but you want to make sure that they still feel that family value of what Howard Albert started, you know, 45 years yeah, ago. Yeah, so um, well, I agree. I, You can't scale the business without the people. Yeah. Um, and employee retention is, if it's not, has to be something that you're focused on. Yep. And, and, it, and it, you can do it in different ways. Like something I'm really proud of at Rhino is our culture is really, really great. Um, yeah. But we focus so much on the people, and the people are as equally as important to us sure. as the client. So yep. client fulfillment, employee satisfaction, the same in my world, both as important to me. Yeah. So something that we did, just a little nugget, is we created a good time committee. And it was a rotating committee once a quarter, you know, maybe four or five people who wanted to be a part of it, completely optional. And they come up with, what are we going to do this month to have a good time, you know, as a, as a Rhino family? Yeah. And that way they're engaged in the process. They're creating the processes. They're rolling it out. They're marketing the, it to the everybody, you know, like, and it and they come up with some really great ideas. And then we do our, you know, normally you know this about me too, is we do uh, service days once a month. So we yeah. go and like start, do community service once yeah. a month together. It's starting to look a little differently as we've gotten much larger because you can't take a group of our size in one place. You have to split it up. But we're still doing these things. Yes. But a good time committee is something that's fun, that takes the work, you know, like th you don't have to do it. Yeah. You, you, you delegate it to someone else who wants to do it, wants to create something cool for the, the team, and then they get to swap every quarter. So, like, it's just an, a good idea to kind of help. All those things, of, you know, help towards employee retention and employee satisfaction. But I think what people miss the boat on sometimes, too, is you'll start it, you'll start a process, and you won't just keep following up with it, right? So if you're going to start something, you want to act on it, and you want to have a year built-out plan of what that looks like. You know, we have a cultural committee, and we talk about how to build culture and what it looks like, and there's people that are leading that directive. And I'll give them those ideas and how we're going to build and what, what it looks like. But I think if you have to map out an entire year at a time so that we don't miss a beat, and things happen, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, you want to make sure that if you do it once, they're going to expect this is going to continue to to go on for eternity, yeah. right? That, that's, that's how employees processes in their brain works. It's like, Hey, we're going to do this once. You're always going to do it for us. Where we're going to do it. We're going to do it better. We're going to keep making <laughs> and it better. Learning, yeah. yeah. Smartac.com. Smartac.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. Smartac.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Yeah, so hey, have you ever heard of uh, the book Traction Employee? Yeah. Okay, so we did that, which is, if you notice the name of our coaching and training company, that's kind of where that was like an aha moment. We're like, hey, what are we going to call this new coaching and training thing? We had just finished Traction. Um, our most, the best reporting is our Rhino Tracks yeah. reporting, and then it's TRAX. So I was like, Traction? Like, so boom, it clicked. So that's how we came up with the name of our coaching thing was Traction. Um, and it's a, a rhino footprint. It's awesome. um, but it was one of these things where, you know, we come up with these different processes, we come up with these different things. And, and part of what we learned in that traction process was you've got your core values and it's how frequently are you going over those core values with your customers. So that way you can empower them. I mean, not your customers, I'm sorry, your employees, um, but empower them to make decisions based on those core values. If they, let's say they can't get to Ross and they need to make a decision, make it based off those core values. I'll never, I'll like, I'll never question it. It might be wrong still, but we're, but at least you made it with the right intent. You made it off our core values. So something like that, just making sure that you constantly are going over what the core values are is important. Um, it's my job as the leader of the business to continue, continue to share the vision. 
you know, in the progress towards a vision. I think you got to continue to just communicate that message because it's what seems normal for us as leaders doesn't seem normal to the people back home, right? You know, they look at it and say, this is your business. Well, no, it's our business. So at yeah. the end of the day, like, we're going to make that decision. If you make a wrong decision, we'll talk about it and we'll change it for the next time. Yeah, we're a family. Yep. We're doing this together. Yep. All right. So I'm going to go, I'm going to move forward just a little bit. Um, I'm always interested to know when this happens and if there's been multiple points where this has happened in your life as you've scaled the business. But was there a moment for you when everything just like clicked? Like it clicked and you're like, I got it. Now let's go. It's go time. Yeah, I think in 2011, we won our first Dave Lennox Award. You know, and and I knew that that was going to be the peak of just customer service, taking care of our customers, taking care of our employees and living our values. And I said, you know what, we're going we're gonna to carve this out and we're going to continue to model and do things the right way and do it correctly. But it was winning Dave Lennox that really allowed us to, as a family, bring that message back home to our people and say, listen, we're one of the top 25 Lennox dealers across the country. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Badass. It's pretty amazing. Heck yeah. It's pretty amazing. And I couldn't do without our people and we couldn't do without our customers and what we do as a family together. And we brought that message home. And again, communicating that message on a regular basis and building those relationships that you formed at, you know, from just an early on age to where we are now, we look at it and say, it's just an amazing accomplishment. Yeah, man, I can remember that. I'm always interested to hear what that moment is. Um, It's cool that that's your trigger was the fact that you won the Dave Lennox Award. Like, and that was kind of like the catapult. It was also like a, uh, oh shit, maybe we are doing, maybe we are doing something right. It's just just a recognition. And again, the same message that... runs true in my head. It's the same thing I deliver to my people when we do awards and we do recognition because people want that. Yeah. People live for that. I love it. Okay. So, um, I try to think like, you know, I, I was having a conversation with somebody, actually it was my, my brother-in-law talking about, cause they're, I mean, they're congratulating us on our success cause we're in town visiting family too. And, and, and that's all fun stuff and everybody's like, oh, we're going to come work for you. Um, no, you're not. But I'm <laughs> <laughs> against it. The worst idea. <laughs> no, I'm against it, but I'm against it. Um, but I can remember back to even thinking like when I was at getting to one, I was like, oh my gosh, how do I get to one? Because my business knowledge was so small at that point. I didn't really understand it. Uh, and then we hit five, then you hit 10. Like you start to, then I start to get, oh, this is. We're how, yeah, I, yep. now I get it. Um, but along the way too, you stumble. Like you, you, everybody goes through, like there, nobody's had like the most perfect path ever. Like that is not how business typically works. There are hurdles and things you have to learn from, you know, like a good example for me is early on when we were pulled into the manufacturer that, you know, rolled us out to all the distributors. I'm going and speaking at dealer meetings. This was early. This is like 2009, um, 2010. We started getting bombarded with customers that we couldn't service. I, I, w- I scaled too fast and I learned that valuable lesson of you can't grow this fast. You can't, you can't sell and bring on people on board if you can't execute. So we were spending stupid hours. Like, I mean, that phase of my life was the hardest I've been through mainly because it's like so exciting and crushing at the same time. <laughs> Have you had some of those moments, man, where it's like, Hey, what's a good, like maybe, maybe throw out like a, a valuable lesson learned. Like, Hey, Along the way, boom, we hit this roadblock. It hurt. I learned from it, and then we moved forward. So I think the biggest roadblock we hit, and we talked about, touched on it a little bit earlier, is the people, right? In that 2013, 2014 people when I was losing 10 to 15% of my staff to someone that was paying somebody better or a union or whatever that looked like, we built a school. I built a school to teach technicians and how to do things. So that roadblock where it's like, I can't get over this hurdle without people and the right people and the right technicians, they just weren't coming in fast enough that I could grow this thing. So customer service was dropping and reliability was dropping and people were calling out and they were leaving. So now I had to build, in part of this family, I had to build an amazing program that taught people from the ground up. Okay, so, because again, you can't grow without employees. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of of hard to do. Yeah. Um, now something that I wanted to ask you because I was, and I don't know, I don't even think I, we, we talked about this at all, but I was just kind of going through, you know, some of your website and just things last night. You've got some great videos. You've done some cool things too, but you've really, you've adopted the virtual sales call. Um, I remember when that whole idea came, like came to fruition in COVID and some got on board that some didn't, um, 
you're still doing it? Is it still like a thing? So, you know, it's cool. So we're still doing virtual sales calls, but we did, we did a virtual service call. Well, how did you, okay. So walk me through it. So homeowner calls up, she has COVID in the house, but her heat's broken and it's on the coldest day of the year. And we had two choices. We could send it to a certain service technician, which we're not going to do is send someone in somebody's house or walk her through the process and try to help her fix the oh furnace herself. Gosh, <laughs> Tell me how long this took. So it didn't take that long as much as much you thought. I have a really good in-house technical trainer that's part of our school, but he said, hey, any of these customers that come in, I'm going to teach them how to fix the furnace themselves. So the process goes simple like this. We'll call you back. We'll FaceTime you. Just be down by the furnace. I need a full wide angle of the inside. The cabinets got to be pulled off. There's a couple screws, things in that, that nature. Nonetheless, it was a dirty flame sensor, right? With a basic dirty flame sensor, the furnace turns on, the furnace ignites and shuts right off within 30 seconds, literally 30 seconds. So you were able to diagnose take, take a dollar fairly- bill, roll it up, clean the flame sensor, put it back, put it back. And the letter I wish I had the letter today. The letter, what she wrote, just how powerful it was that you helped me walk me through the process. You wouldn't come into my house and we get it, but you could have left me in cold with 15 degree temperature, but you tried. And even if we didn't fix it, I still truly believe we would have sent someone back within a period of time, whatever that looked like. I just feel like it's that next extra best, best in class experience that these customers just become Dude, a customer. I've never heard that before. So it's a virtual service call. A virtual then, service call. You know, it goes off in my brain. Well, how do we scale <laughs> how do we that? Scale that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I've never heard that before. That's so there was definitely some legal legal. I hope my <laughs> insurance company's not on the, on the <laughs> podcast right now, but there was definitely some legal, you know, ramifications that could happen. But at the end of the day, like, We've heard these stories before where you go to somebody's house and someone needs a new air conditioning system. My dad says, let me go look at it. And they go and clip the wire on the outside. He puts the wires back together and they're good back in business. Trust is the biggest message that I want to deliver to any business and home services that I think we can never lose sight of. You have to be that trustworthy company. Our model is we're the company of choice you could trust. And it's just lives by our values and our customers and our employees every day. And they have to look at it like Howard Albert's walking in the door He's going to fix that furnace and it's going to be okay not to fix and sell them new furnace. Now down the line, we're going to retain that customer for life. Yeah, man. Trust is key. Can't rent trust. Like you got to have, that is so incredibly important to the business. Reputation over revenue, reputation over revenue, maintain that good reputation, do the right things by your client with client fulfillment, do the right things by employees and the revenue will follow. Yep. Um, Okay. So with this, I'm going to go back. First off, virtual service call, check that box. Never heard that shit before. So that was first. (laughs) Um, but a virtual sales call. So do you guys still do them very yeah, much? So we, we don't do it as much as we did during the, not pa- as much during the pandemic. Because you would ask that conversation every single, you know, in New Jersey, in the New, New, New Jersey, New York, yeah. we, we got hit pretty hard right really in the hard. beginning. So I had to really just flip the switch on COVID protocols super quick. I either knew I was going to shut the business down or I had to find another way to service our customers. So virtual service calls, we were kind of doing for a while. I mean, uh, uh, sales estimates, we were doing for a while. You know, someone needed something over the phone, you got to give them a rough quote or yeah. wh- whatever it looked like. But it's it's a FaceTime call. It's meeting with the customer. It's putting the, an iPad or a phone right in the kitchen table. You know, you do have to have another visit down the line to make sure things match up. But it, we sold probably a quarter of a million dollars in virtual service uh, sales estimates. I mean, it, it's not a huge part of our business, but it's enough where if a customer feels at any point they're uncomfortable having in your house at any given point, we can give them a, we can give them a price. Yeah, it's an option. Like it's just one, another one of those deals where it's like, uh, it doesn't hurt if you can legit do it. Yeah. It doesn't hurt to have it as an option. Just yeah. like getting a text message or yeah. a chat, like respond, like whichever way somebody wants to be able to connect with you and do business. If you can, if that can legit be an option, why not? I, I think in our industry, in the services world, like we're not, not always everyone is quick to adapt because they look at the mindset of the mindset is me and this is the way I operate. So this is the way my customers operate, but you got to look at a holistic approach being like, they're going to want texts. They're going to want emails. They're going to want chats. They're going to want everything under the sun or virtual. They're going to want anything. You have to offer all those options to go help a business. Yeah. Cause um, guaranteed if you don't, yeah. you will lose somebody, yeah. you will lose someone. So, and it might be, maybe it's small initially, but like you can't ignore it. So I'm glad that you adopted that. And, you know, Another thing too is, um, like, I know you have like the school now, but you didn't used to. So I always like to try to talk about 
this recruiting piece of it, you know, on, you know, you've, you adapted to new technology to help try and, you know, get a customer, um, you know, to reach out to you or to want to connect with you, whether it be virtual sales calls, it was the, you know, no ma or mask, uh, no contact service call badges, whatever it was back then. But in recruiting, you kind of have to do the same thing. You got to get, start to get creative. By the, way, by the way, that was your badge. I know. Thank you. And I you know how many of those badge. I gave away? I think we, you know. Um, you should have trademarked that I, badge. That I was amazing. It, but you know what? You know why I did this? Like, so, um, one, thank you for saying that live on air. I think we ended up giving away somewhere to the tune of 12,000 of those badges because we had submitted it. I thought, you know, I put them on all of my customer sites, and we noticed that the conversion rate started to incre or increase Again, like significant, because you know it was weird there for like two, three weeks where like people were all trying to figure shit out. Mm -hmm. And once I was like, uh, it's not going to matter if it's freezing cold, if it's no heat, no cool, like somebody's got to get fixed. Who would they pick? The person who has the mask on because that's kind of like everybody's scared of shit. Yeah. So I'm like, create this fucking badge and throw it on every single one of our customer sites. And as soon as we saw the conversions pick up, I was like, man, the, like this was my chance to give back to the industry I love. I posted that thing in some of these groups and I said, submit this form. Shit, we got like 12, 13,000, boom, like fast. I'm like, oh shit, I didn't have a process in place for this. I had an idea that we'd give away a few thousand, but not that many. And we, we gave it out. So people so, started modifying. So it's amazing. So our logo is the Eskimo, right? So we have in all our trucks. I got a six Eskimo driving down the road. We put the Eskimo on the badge and he's wearing a mask. Right. He's wearing, he's wearing a mask. Looks good. Which that, is awesome. Yeah. Well, and that's what my hope with it was like, hey, if you have nothing else, yep. here's the easiest thing. Boom. Yep. It's not branded. It's nothing. Boom. Just throw it on your site and it'll help you out. Yeah. And then I saw all these variations of custom ones, which I think is <laughs> badass. So it was actually a really cool moment for me. Do you, to, have, the, do you have the rhino with the mask on? I, did, <laughs> I didn't have that mask on. Um, I was a cool moment because I got to give back, man, to like yeah. everybody, whether they were a customer of mine or not. Didn't matter. And I give those things out. Like the fact that we had, I see them all over the place. I see, I see those little things. So you want to have a quick story about giving back? So we, we, we basically turned and said, hey, we're not going to talk about air scrubbers or Remy Halos or anything. We're not going to try to sell anything during the time of the pandemic, right? People don't want to be sold. They want to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. So we sent an email blast out to our customers and said, give me the size of your filter. Because if you can't walk into Home Depot, you're afraid to walk into Home Depot, we'll deliver a free one-inch filter. So I partnered with Home Depot and some of the local supply houses. And they shipped me all the, I probably had 25,000 filters. <laughs> and I took all my technicians, instead of sending them home, we drove around to all our customers that sent an email over to filters at arcticac.com. We delivered and hand-delivered filters door out. DoorDash to filter. DoorDash to filter. <laughs> didn't charge a customer. Knocked on the door and said, thank you for your business. That's fantastic. Good for you, man. You doing the extra shit. Doing the extra stuff that like sets you apart. So at the end of the day, it's going to be there, right? That long, sustainable growth of your business, it's going to be there. Dude, I'm so excited for you that you did those types of things. You know, it's I, doing good is good business. Hear that, listeners. Yeah. Doing good is good business. I promise you it comes back. As long as you like, you know, here's the deal. It all comes from like, what's the intent behind it all? You know, if you're doing it to make sales, mm, yeah. I mean, like at least you're doing it. Hopefully that changes. But if you do it with the right intent, get, listen, give it that expectation. Try that. If you give it that expectation and you can't get, you can't get your feelings hurt or be pissed off if you, if you don't get anything in return, because you don't have the expectation of getting in return. But I bet you, if you do it that way, you'll notice you start getting things in return. Without a doubt. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So, 100%. okay. So I want to get into this recruiting piece too, just for our listeners too, is before, you know, like we have a lot of, you know, we have a lot of customers you and I have a lot of mutual friends who have their own, you know, schools or tech training academies or whatever, but not everybody's able to do that. Cause that re does require staff, you know, somebody to actually run that thing and trainers and all those type of things. What did you guys, I mean, what was, was there things that you did in recruiting pre that, that worked like that worked well? Like what's some. So, so I say we always recruited well from the vocational schools, the technical schools, and we had relationships, but over time, those relationships would start to fail. People would retire, oh, you know, yeah. those relationships, you didn't have those anymore. And then the, the, the technicians that were coming to school, they, they didn't really know much. They didn't understand it. They didn't understand the business. They went there, they spent 25, $30,000 and they didn't, they, hadn't, they didn't have a great work ethic. So again, it was about three years ago where I said to my service manager, again, we need to build from within. The Yankees just don't recruit, they just build a farm system. Right. So we're gonna build a farm system, it's gonna be expensive, I'm gonna reinvest back in the business and we're gonna put a full-time trainer and that's all he does. And my service manager's like, that's all he does? He's not gonna run service calls for us anymore? <laughs> like he's our technical guy, so if there's a problem, what's he gonna do? I said, his job is all he's gonna do is recruit, train and teach and coach and mentor and continue to keep doing on a regular basis. So it's an 85,000 to a hundred thousand dollar job. Uh, 
plus. So the trainer that's leading that, that's their kind of compensation? That's their compensation. Okay. That's their compensation. Um, so what we do is we run open houses. We still build from the vocational schools, but I don't care if you know nothing, you know little, whatever it looks like, we want to recruit. So we did an open house. I'll give you an example. We did an open house three weeks ago. We brought in 16 people. We hired nine. Eight just went through our school. So what that school looks like, it's called Arctic Air University. I'm really just, I love it. I just think it's just- Hey, quick question. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. So you, you said you brought in 16? Yeah. How are you marketing to get these people? So Facebook. Okay, Facebook social. has been huge. Social media, word of mouth from your employees. I think we don't leverage that enough. I, I, think, I think we take it for granted. Our employees are a huge asset and resource for recruit. I'd rather incentivize them. You're going to go somebody, give someone a $3,000 sign-on bonus that doesn't understand your culture and your family. Recognize your people and give your people that type of bonus to go and, and take Heck care yeah. of them. Right? Yeah. Recognize your people as opposed to somebody else. Um, so... Completely amazing. We hired nine people, eight go through the program. It's a three-week service tech training program. Very similar to, let's say, Lennox's build a service tech program, but it's more aligned geared of the Arctic Air build a tech type of program. So we start out in day one, and we talk about the values and the cores of the business. We talked to day two about the partnerships of Home Depot, Lennox, manufacturers that we deal with. Day three, it talks about airflow. Four is electrical. Day five is service titan. Then they go around and mentor the next following week with other service technicians in the field. They get bonused because now they're helping. And then by the third week on that Tuesday, when they graduate in the program and they do it, go through a test to make sure they're ready to go, we put a cap and gown on them. They walk down to pomp and circumstance. We give them a diploma. And here's a hundred dollar Johnstone gift card. Yes, sir. And like, love it. And then the most rewarding thing as a business owner or a manager is to have that technician go out to his first service call. And literally, from ear to ear, they're just smiling. Captain they're Gunn, just smiling. It's yeah, amazing. So we do that. Look at this. We got Mr. Mike Hart in the house. Yeah. So we um, we do the same thing. So we had this like bright orange cap and gown. Yeah. And uh, you know how we were, my wife was just telling you about like those cards you can use like to, that are conversation starters. Yeah. So what we would do is um, same thing. We make a big deal of it because it is a big deal. And then um, yeah we would let everybody start to ask them questions, you know, just about like that are personal because part of what's important to us too is you have the professional side of you and you have the human being side of you. That's a, a person, you know, that's a, a, your personal life that you want to. And it's as important to us that we understand not only your professional goals, sure. wants, vision, whatever, but also same for personal. Yep. So we actually still mix the two together and we say, Hey, let's just hammer away some questions at them, you know, just, just for fun to tee this whole thing up. And then you do the same thing, the pomp and circumstance, you do it, you get up, you do the whole thing. You, everybody's kind of, it's super cheesy. It's so fun. But though. then we're like, all right, cue the music. And there's always that one guy and he's there and he cues the music just at the perfect time. <laughs> As you, they don't even realize the technicians don't even realize it's a great cultural day. It building, is. People are applauding them. And it's just like it elevated where, Hey, we'll give them a gift card. And then it's a diploma. And then the pomp circumstance, and then the cap and gown. It's like, yeah, you have basically. I want to get a whole red carpet that rolls out, or orange. You we want have to do orange. orange. We have orange. Uh, <laughs> legit, it's orange carpet. Um, we're on brand always, dude. But what you did was you just like almost created four different experiences in that one event. For Correct. Them. And that's what's that's what I love about it. you know what that's the whole thing with like Rhino X is um, derailed for a second. But I, I would love Rhino X, but I know. I, well, eventually we'll get you there. Okay. Maybe next year. But the whole pur purpose of the X is experience, because I am all about. experience experiences. Um, I love being able to give them. I love being able to have them. Um, but the whole Rhino X experience was we're going to bring in, you know, arguably some of the largest players. What could, what could I possibly do that would make them think like, Oh, this is, I've never done this before. Cause a lot of them have done just about everything. Yeah. But to me, it was like everywhere we go throughout that day and what the experience I want to be, they should be able to experience 12 different things in one event, 12 separate things. And that's what we accomplished because one, it's fun to do those things. But it is like we're all doing these things together. I like to be able to say, okay, you came in, and we kicked off the event with break dancers. Boom, they came in, break danced out, like dudes spinning on their head, doing all the fun stuff with their big fat rhino boombox sitting right in the middle of the floor, and everybody's up dancing and cheering and stuff like that. That was one experience. Right? When they, but when they got there and they got their shit, they came to the, the welcome party experience, number one. How were they treated? We're number one. So it was one thing after the other about giving experiences. I, I mean, the leadership panel that you had is just like, the, the, when you grow up in the business and you look at the leaders that are there, like those are your icons and your mentors to being like, I want to be like that guy. Yeah, dude, I appreciate that. I mean, and it's just, it's as rewarding for me 
to bring it together. Yeah. But it's all about these experiences. It's kind of the point I'm getting at with it. And I love being able to give those to my, you know, my kids, my wife, but my employees. Yeah. It's equally as fun. And that's like a great kickoff, you know, to everything is to give them that experience. Larry Fitzgerald, Mike Tyson. That's right, baby. I mean, Fitz, oh my God. Such a good dude. Mike and then, Tyson. And then you posted a picture with you and your son with Fitz. I'm like, this is like... Dude, it was so cool. So, so because we've known Larry for a little bit, um, we've got involved with his charities over the years too. Um, it was cool because my son was in the green room, you know, with Larry and they're playing catch. Oh, yeah. and, in, and so my son plays, started playing tackle this year. Yeah. So he's a receiver. Yeah. So Larry's like giving him advice. He's like, Hey man, how are your grades? <laughs> like for how the game, Mason's like, what the fuck? He's like, we're going to talk about grade practice. We're going to talk about practice. <laughs> All right, man. Good stuff, man. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know who the heck I'm going to have like next year, but I got, now it's got to be bigger. It's how I work. I don't know how, what I'm going to do. Go big or go home. Dude. I go big or go home, baby. Um, so now let's just talk about this piece real quick too, because again, I like, I'm a big fan of, of experiences and things like that, you know, for um, like graduation, like we were just talking about, but you know, this all kind of plays into, um, you know, uh, employee retention. Yeah. Are there things that you guys do to get, like you kind of talked a little bit about how you have like your different days. Do you, is there anything that you guys do or maybe what is something that works really good for you guys to help with employee retention? So employer retention now is so much easier than it's ever been when they really believe, I wouldn't say believe, but they, they understand and they're bought in that we are a family, right? Understanding that that's who we are, right? This is a family business. This was run by high school math teacher, passed down to a son, and that we're all bought in together doing the same purpose, but they really believe in it. And I, and I truly, truly believe that like, when a customer says they're doing a good job, they, under, they understand what that means. We, we talk about reviews and reputation and they're, they're happy and proud to be a part of that. So what we do to retain them is just build them into that culture. Now you're gonna have some of those employees that are just not bought in, but when the vast majority are bought in, they understand what you're doing, they're on your boat, they're swimming, they're, they're, they're gliding with you and they're gelling, there's no, better, there's no better experience for the customer, there's no better experience for the business. Do you think it all boils down to, at its core, do they feel cared about? Yeah, so I, I, again, I, I think, you know, caring, I think doing the right thing, I think being appreciative, I, I think all that stuff and just the everyday common sense items that we look, take for granted and say, hey, you know, we ca- I care about my employees. Well, have you told them? Yeah, you got to talk about it. Hey, actually say it, yeah. You know, that guy did 15 service calls between Saturday and Sunday, and he's in a snowstorm. Did you just text him up and say, hey, thanks. Thank you, man. Th- thank you. I know that's I hard. Appreciate it. I appreciate It's simple things that I teach my leaders being like, I know it may be uncomfortable, and you're like, I, I don't want to kiss his ass, right? <laughs> but, but it's not about that. It's about, hey, if I rewarded you, and I said you're doing a good job, you want to deliver that message to your people. Yeah, genuinely care. I mean, that, that's where... The, it's one of our core values for a reason, because whether it's an employee, whether it's my customer, whether it's a partnership that I have, um, the, the podcast, you know, yeah. Brian, I genuinely care. Like, yeah. so I don't have to fake it. Yeah. So it's easy for me, but yeah. um, you can't just be like, oh man, I know I really care about this person and then say nothing because they have no idea if you yeah. don't say something. And yeah. people want to be, you know, listen, the better you feel, the better you perform at your job too, right? Like you want to feel good about those things. And that's hard work. We don't deal with snow in Phoenix, but we deal with the opposite. It's fucking hot. I know, it's 120 hot. degree, 122 we hit last summer. Like that's stupid. Who wants to go work in that? Not me. This is where I'm really glad that I like, yes, it's my customer. So, so I talked, to, I'm Paul, inside, I talked to Paul Kelly and he says, I'm, I, it's 120 degrees and the phone's running off. The, I'm so sorry, yeah, Paul. Yeah, I feel bad for you, PK. I, so, I mean, I feel um, so bad for you. That's a rough life. That's a rough life. Well, I would say this. Um, one, congrats, man. Like, again, I know we've told you that. I love watching you. Know, you and I have been able to kind of stay connected. And, like, I just love um, watching your journey over the years, too. And, man, it's, 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 it's exciting to um, spend time with people who have, like, it's not like somebody just gave this shit to you and, like, you got to run with the big company. No, you had to actually be in the shit, build it, learn the things, implement things grow it. It's part of the process. It's so cool that your dad was a part of it in the beginning. There's got to be some of that that's just like super rewarding. Um, your wife, she's in the business. She is in the business. Mine's in the business. <laughs> so we're a family business, man. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it, But it's just always, man, I love to, to see your success, man. You. And, and, and you earned it. Thank and that's you. exciting. If you had to give one piece of good advice, like maybe, it, maybe this is like, what would you tell Ross Albert when he was 25 years old? 
But what would be a really great piece of advice for our listeners who might just be first starting out, like that they should um, maybe focus on if they're not? Or maybe like anything that you could say, hey, man, if I give you one piece of advice, it would be this. Now, you're a financial guy originally. Originally, you got that finance, you got that, that finance brain, that analytical brain. So I'll be curious to see where it actually goes. But what would be one really good piece of advice that you would give to our, one of our listeners who's just starting out? As a business owner, business it's, owner. It's, it's being all in, right? Being all in with your customers, your employees, all in mentality has been something that has worked. You know, we talked about being working on the business and in the business. I, I think you got to have a little bit of both, right? At the end of the day, if one doesn't work or you focus more on one, you're going to lose sight on the yeah. other. You know, again, there's certain different levels of that, but really having it where you're bought in all levels, your customers, your employees, and people really, really gravitate to what you're doing and you're driving that ship together. Yeah. And, and you have to understand, I think you don't have to have it all figured out on what your exit plan is, yep. but at least what do you want this thing to be? Why are we doing this? What's yeah. the actual purpose I, behind it all? I, I want to continue to maintain a level of trust within our home services industry, right? So whether or not it's heating, cooling, plumbing, roofing, siding, windows, whatever that looks like, at the end of the day, like there has to be a business. Did I hear roofing in that? <laughs> Sorry, thought I heard you say <laughs> roofing, siding windows. No, I know your customers have that, right? So you, <laughs> you, 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 yeah, 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 you have some roofing customers. But at the end of the day, like you have to keep and sustain trust within the home services business. I want to, I want to bring that back. I want to make sure that again, we are the company of choice you could trust. I want to make sure that's felt within every single one of my employees that's gravitated and brought to my my customers. So, so this might then have answered this next question I was going to ask you, which is something I like to ask towards the end of this, and that's in regards to legacy. Yeah. Like. It, it, it seems weird to talk about at 40 years old, but I, I've, as I've been asking this question to a lot of my guests that have been on here, um, it's kind of got me thinking about what I want my legacy to be. And so I know that my legacy is, well, it's really the, the vision of, what I, of the business. What I'm trying to live out is to be the most reputable internet marketing company for home services in all English-speaking markets. That's my game. Yeah. I want it reputable, not biggest, not whatever, I'm going to say most reputable because that matters to me, reputation over revenue. Yeah. So as I've thought about this, like my kids, we were, I think we were talking about this. My, my youngest kids have no idea what really what I do. Like they know the dad goes and speaks. He does this podcast, you know. Dude, they, our kids still have, I mean, they have no, <laughs> no idea. idea what my daughter just knows, hey dad, can you turn the thermostat on? Because she can't, <laughs> right? Come on. <laughs> no clue what I do. But, uh, you know, I, but my legacy, I think if I start to think through it, is, you know, I just, I've got this um, sphere of influence and I want it to be positive and I want it to be good and I want to encourage others to take their successes and continue to, to give back because this world certainly needs it, you know. So I have like this idea of what I want my legacy to be, but have you given that any thought? Yeah, so, so my legacy is, again, that same model of we're the company of choice you could trust, but I also want people to remember me and my business and us as a company that we're going to do what we have to do to take care of the customers, the employees. And at the end of the day, like having that mindset, just being a good guy, good guy always wins, right? The good guy always wins. Of course. And, and it's just like, he's a nice guy. He's going to take care of his customers. He's going to do no wrong. And that's always been my mentality, right? Maybe the inmates are on the asylum now. I don't know. But at the end of the day, like it works. And we have, we, we, we have a family that's built and surrounded by good people because there's good people at the top. Yeah, man. And, and we, you know, the industry needs um, a rising tide raises all ships mentality. Um, but you're doing those things built off of trust, genuinely caring, like all these good things, giving back something you guys do. It's, I love it, man. Thanks. It's, it's continue to be, you know, you. Good, good for you. Can, way to continue to be a I good I just try to be a good our, dude. Dude, I try to be a you good are dude. A good dude. You don't I try. To be, you I are. try to be a good dude. You are, and, and you know what? And you're being rewarded for it. Thank you. So, um, listen. Is there any question that I haven't asked? I should have asked you. Like, is there anything where you're like, damn, I wish you would ask me this question? Uh, what's your favorite part about the job? I guess. What is your favorite part about the job, Mister Albert? <laughs> so I, I I love sales. Like I'll take I'll take a ML 180 basic. 80% efficient furnace. I'll sell the lady a $6,000 furnace on a Saturday. And my mindset just changes throughout the whole day, right? I could not have five jobs lined up for Monday, but I sold that one job on a Saturday, or I go out and my office manager hands me a stack of five folders and says, hey, a service, uh, salesman called out, you gotta run leads. 
I love selling. I love building relationships. I love the the, the high that you get yeah. when you sell jobs and you continue to sell on the next big sell. Like I've always been a salesman, true and true. That's kind of how my business and my vision was. Yeah. But that's my f- most reward. If I literally didn't do anything else besides this business, besides selling, I'd be the happiest man in the world. Dude, I love it. So I'd I'm, be the happiest man in the world. Dude, we're cut from the same cloth, man. <laughs> we're cut from the same cloth. I love it too. I love it. I don't get to do it nowhere near as much as I used to. Like it's, it's few and far between when I actually get to have a one-on-one sales meeting with somebody. But when I do... Dude, I'm like, first off, I'm good. I'm yeah, good yeah, at yeah. what I do. Yep. I'm good at building home services companies, and I know it. So I'm confident. And it's just the pro- going through the process, understanding the business, where they're at. There's no At this phase of the game, nobody is sitting in any place that I've not ever seen before and, under, and can understand. You know, and I know what questions to ask to make sure, like, can they support whatever the, is that they're trying to tell me they want to do. Yeah. But it's fun to go through that process. It's what we enjoy doing. It's why we love our businesses, yeah. right? And it comes from a good place of, like, again, you know, back to I genuinely care about serving that person. Yeah. And that fulfills me. Yeah. So, again, congrats. Dude. I'm you. super excited Thank for you, you. man. I, I'm Thank grateful for our friendship. Um, I'm excited to see kind of, you know, what you continue to do. I mean, shit, you're only 40, bro. You got <laughs> You got this, you got, you got some runway. Yes. So I'm excited to be a part of it. And we got all, there's Mr. Quan in the house. What's up, my man? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm glad we're able to make this thing work out, you you know, and come on here. And of course, um, listeners, uh, I bet you, if, uh, if you wanted to connect with Ross and ask him any questions, he'd be happy to just, you know, you can hit him up. Maybe where where would be a good spot for them to hit you up? If it's an email, if it's on social media, LinkedIn, whatever it is. Email is perfect. Yep. Social media is perfect. I'm on uh, service. Thank you, Ish, but I'm on uh, Service Avengers service page, Avengers, yep. which is a great platform to kind of reference. Yep. But I want to give back to the industry. I want to help people. I, I know what it's like when you're a one or a two or a $500,000 person company. I understand what that is and the troubles that you, you go through. I want to help. Yep. I mean, the biggest thing is I want that message to be heard. Like, I'm here to give any input I could to help you grow your business because it helps the industry and it's good. What's your email? Ross at... ArcticAC.com. Not A R T. No, it's A R C T I C. Now we just said that, and there's going to be a ton of bounce backers. So Ross at ArcticAC.com. A R C T I C A C.com. There you go. If you get a bounce back, that was your fault. You listened to it wrong. You, got, you need to listen to my podcast on listening. <laughs> listen to hear, not to respond. Hey, man, appreciate you so much. Listeners, reach out. He said he would be, he's more than happy to walk you through it, to give you any advice, whatever things he's learned too. I mean, and Ross knows a lot of great people. We have a lot of great mutual friends who are even bigger than Ross, who he's, he's leaned on over yeah. the years too. So take advantage of those things. You know, genuinely care about your customers. I, I would encourage you to think reputation over revenue. Um, to Ross's point, go all in. Don't half-ass it. Not one foot in, one foot out. Not, you know, three quarters. All in. All you in. have to. And be super intentional about making sure that client fulfillment and employee satisfaction are equals. You've got to do both. Do the little things that make somebody feel good about themselves. The better they feel about themselves, the better they'll do for your your business and your customers. So again, Ross, I appreciate you so much. Listeners, I'm so incredibly grateful for you to continue to come back and listen over and over again. This is another phenomenal episode. I'm excited to have you on. Um, I think that for some of those that, you know, for some of those that are listening that are sitting in the, say, 10 to $20 million mark, um, it's a little bit, they can start to see how you could get to 40. Like, it's right there, you know, so it's not so far off. Like, if I got, you know, Good Rich on here, too, who's at, you know, half a billion or whatever stupid number he's at, it's really hard to see that number. This one, I think, will be um, appreciated even that much more by the, you know, by the larger volume of our listeners. So, appreciate you coming on here. Listeners, please please share these types of podcasts because I promise you, your peers need to hear the same thing. We all going through it and y'all have support at the same time, you know, please leave a review. I mean, we love to have reviews, especially when we have reviews um, left about a specific guest. We like to share that with them. It's equally as cool for me to be able to share that type of stuff. So I encourage you to do that. If you don't know how to do it, go to your podcast, open up the to the point home services podcast, scroll all the way to the bottom, click the little leave a review tab. And guess what? If you haven't subscribed already, shame on you. Subscribe to the damn podcast. By the way, yeah, it's I'll amazing. finish with this. It's all good. I just noticed yesterday when I was looking at um, some of our podcast statistics, we were the highest we'd ever been was number 19 overall on marketing podcasts. We hit number 19 for all marketing podcasts, downloaded marketing podcasts. Wow. Number 19, wow. all of marketing. And we're home services specific. It's, awesome. it's now 18. We, wow. made, we made it to Love 18 in the entire That's world. Awesome. 
How badass is that? That is badass. Man, and it's so grateful to, you know, to guests like you coming on here to our listeners. So I appreciate you all so much. So whatever you do, don't listen to this podcast and do nothing. No zero days. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really Really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, It's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. If you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review. And be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.